Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Were Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out would remind every student that they were made for more, simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes. Or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus. And we're here to help. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the You Were Made For More podcast. I am super excited to bring this episode to you today with the one of the founders of the group Moms For Liberty. If you've never heard of Moms For Liberty, Tiffany's going to go into a great explanation about how they came to be, why they exist, and how you can get involved. But I want to just start today's episode with a quote um, from Julia Page. This is why we are featuring this episode. Parents have the the constitutional and God-given rights to direct the moral, ethical, and religious upbringing of our children. Parents are the first and most important teachers. We simply want a seat at the table and for our principals to be treated with the same respect as all others. I think that's a great intro and a segue into my conversation with Tiffany. And I'm also going to share a personal story of, of with um, that a friend of mine gave me permission to share as to why she decided to start a local Moms for Liberty chapter in her community. She says, we homeschooled during COVID and I didn't mind it. The first year was rough, but by year two, I felt like we were thriving. I often read horror stories of things going on in public schools and would bring them to my husband's attention, but he wasn't convinced. He would just say, not here, not in our small rural off the beaten path school. He pushed to put the kids back into school because it was important to him that life go back to normal after COVID. While I knew it was probably a fair opinion for him to have, I was uneasy. And honestly, I'd always follow Moms for Liberty on social media. We were in school for about seven weeks before a beloved teacher of 31 years was put on leave for misusing email communications. He had tried every avenue from teachers, from the teachers union to local administration to address the pronoun concerns happening in our district. After getting nowhere, he sent out an email to all the employees stating that it was wrong against his deeply held religious beliefs and he could not participate in the act that they were asking him to. That led to many national news sources picking up the story. 
And unfortunately, all of the things that I had seen happening in other parts of the world made it to our little corner of the world. Over 400 people showed up to the next board meeting to support him, and he was reinstated that day. That number is huge because the biggest class size in our district is probably 90-ish. We are small. I decided to interview and start a chapter as a way to filter all of these issues. Where do we start and how will we be heard and seen as parents? Moms for Liberty seemed to answer all of these questions for me. The most important part to me was the filter they ask you to use. Does this affect parents' rights? I also prayed diligently and got the word from God to rise up and stand firm. So this is just one example of how a mom felt called to take action in her children's lives and stand for things that that they believe as a family and take control of what her kids were being subjected to in a school district. That's what Moms for Liberty is all about. And I pray that my conversation with Tiffany is able to um, bring some things to light for you and possibly encourage you to do this in your own kids' lives. All right, Tiffany. Well, welcome to the You Are Made For More podcast. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. I kind of want to start this conversation by having you tell us a little bit about the organization that you run and help to co-found. Um, can you tell us what is your mission and why do you believe that Moms for Liberty is necessary? I can absolutely tell you about Moms for Liberty and our mission. And just to be, just to say first and foremost, I'm a mom of four kids. My husband and I have been together for over 20 years. And, um, you know, we founded Moms for Liberty. I served as a school board member. Tina Deskovich, the co-founder, also served as a school board member. And it's a very unique perspective when you get to serve as a school board member, but also have children in the public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to have this really interesting look, we say, behind the education curtain and, and to see how all of these decisions were being made. And, and then I got to see what that implementation looked like in the classroom uh, and at the school level with my kids. And, and there were some really concerning things that we saw. The unions have uh, an undue influence in our children's education. Uh, They're controlling a lot of what's happening in the public schools. What we also saw was a system that is very intent on protecting itself and and puts the system first. And and that often means that children and families are, are put last. And that is not the way Uh, that public education should be operating in this country. Parents and our community members should be requiring more and expecting more out of our public schools than the abysmal um, outcomes that we're seeing with only 32% of of American children reading proficiently on grade level in fourth grade. Um, And and so uh, we've had enough. Uh, Moms and dads have had enough. Uh, It's time to redraw the boundary between school and home. And, and and parents need to be the one that are drawing that boundary. Um, and so Moms for Liberty, our mission is to, uh, we're fighting for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend and protect their parental rights at all levels of government. Uh, we stand for truth, we build relationships, and we empower others. Uh, that Those are the values that, that we run this organization by, and then we ask our membership to also uh, live by and run their chapters by. Um, so uh, lots of opportunity right now in this world to stand for truth, 
Um, we do believe in building relationships and trying to create a positive exchange and conversation with people in order to make change happen. Um, and then we certainly absolutely want to empower others. Uh, this has to happen. Uh, this change in America has to happen from the ground level. It's going to have to be moms like you, moms like me that step up, get involved. And, and again, draw that boundary line between school and home. We need to put government back in its place. Mm, that's really good. Um, So I want to hit on something that you said while you were explaining the mission. Um, And it's something that we uh, you were made for more we believe in empowering and equipping parents and churches to have conversations specifically regarding sexuality um and relationship education but like you said all of the topics that moms for liberty focuses on has to start at the ground up right it has to start with moms and dads recognizing that they have the power to draw those boundaries um when their kids are being educated in the public school system. So how how does Moms for Liberty equip other people? Can you give me some like practical and tangible ways that you guys equip and empower parents to draw those boundaries um, that are so important to recognize that we have? Absolutely. So again, we'll go back to the mission statement, unify. Um, unifying the parents was incredibly important. Uh, what Tina and I saw both as school board members and then outside of the school system was the fact that the school district likes to manage parents one by one. Oftentimes, if they don't like the way that a parent is behaving or asking questions, uh, unfortunately, the children will be retaliated against or, or perhaps the parent will as well. Um, that happens uh, when the school district is able to, again, handle parents one by one by one when parents come together and it's not just one of you or five of you but it's 50 of you or even 15 of you um it's a lot harder uh for for you to be ignored or to be retaliated against and and once you're able to create a shared understanding of what the problem is with other people including the district um you are able to hold people accountable. But if you're not ever able to really address the issue honestly and directly and be able to share your concerns in an open uh, forum, there, there, it's very easy for there not to be accountability. Uh, so the unify part is very important. It's why we started the chapters, um, you know, and, and we would have at the beginning, we'd hear from moms that would say, you know, I saw somebody with a Moms for Liberty t-shirt on and I knew what you stood for. And so I felt like I could come to them with my concern because I knew what it was that you stand for. So anyone listening that wants to learn more about us, um, you can go to our website, uh, momsforliberty.org and check that out. And there's six different ways that we fight that are articulated there uh, on the website. And, and, and you need to go and take a look at those at those six things, those six different ways that, that we do engage in communities um, by holding district leaders accountable, by holding elected leaders accountable, by getting involved. So you ask, how our moms get involved? Um, they unify in chapters. Uh, chapters have a, a, a chair, a vice chair, a secretary, and a treasurer. Um, you also need uh, 10 people, 10 like-minded people, because as I said before, you can't do this work alone. Uh, you need to build an army in your community. And so um, the chapters come together. They meet once a month, and they're really the watchdogs of their district, the watchdogs of their school board members and other elected officials in their community to ensure that our rights and freedoms are being protected. 
Um, parents have fundamental parental rights. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, what's a, a fundamental right? A fundamental right is a right that the government does not give you and they cannot take away. Uh, the government does not give you your rights as a parent, and they cannot just come in and take your rights away as a parent or decide that you that they know better than you. And unfortunately, I know we're going to delve a little bit into some of the sex education stuff and the blurring of the lines by the government in our government schools. Um, but unfortunately, that's very much what they're doing here. You know, they have forgotten that boundary line. And so the chapters come together. They review everything that is happening during the meetings. Um, and, and they really remind parents that you have the fundamental right to direct the education, the medical care, the moral, religious upbringing of your children, um, and that we need to stand in that truth and protect it at all times. That's awesome. I love, I mean, I love everything you're saying. I know a woman um, from a previous church I went to who is working with a Moms for Liberty group in her community. So I had talked to her about the work that you guys are doing. Um, and I think the unification piece is really important because even as Christians or as people who believe certain things and have ideals for our families, we, it can feel very lonely when you're fighting on certain issues that you believe in and around you all that you're seeing in the culture is the total opposite of what you believe so I love that you guys is there a way on your website that people can see like every chapter that you guys have because that I think that would be a great resource for people yeah so if you go to the website you'll see a really big map there of the United States and you can click on the state that you live in and you can see there will be a drop down menu which will show you all of the counties where we have chapters we're set up by county um so you'll be able to see you know is is there a chapter in my county if there is you can either click to go to their website if they have one, we provide an opportunity for all of our chapters to have their own website through our domain. Um, not every chat, but, but it's not a requirement yet. We're still working with our chapters. We have These are volunteer moms and dads that are doing this, right? But but there is an opportunity to have a, a website. And I know a lot of our chapters are taking advantage of that uh, in order to be able to communicate in their community. Um, but uh, there, there will be an email address for the chapter leadership there. You can also go on Facebook um, and go to uh, and search for your chapter. Um, Facebook is, a, is a, a great way that a lot of our chapters have chosen to engage with their community and, and to kind of sometimes have a, a private a group where they actually do inter inter chapter mm -hmm. communication, but then also, um, you know, a public more out facing uh, page where they, um, you know, try to let the community know about different things that are happening, you know, a board meeting coming up or a different committee that's meeting where someone can get involved. Um, and so um, that's kind of how we're set up and we operate. But yeah, I mean, the unify, the unify part is important. I mean, the, the we have government schools. Let's just be very clear about this. I don't say that as a derogatory thing, although, you know, it's increasingly becoming so. But in general, you know, I mean, in the state of Florida where I live, public education is considered to be a fundamental value of the state mm. um, in our state constitution. So it gets funded as such. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think in general, we recognize that in, that, you know, educating children and making sure they can read is a, is a really good thing to do. Um, 
what we've seen again is an encroachment on parental rights in schools at the very same time that the schools are actually failing to do what their primary mission is supposed to be, mm. which is to teach the children how to read, to teach the children how to write, to teach the children how to do math. I'm sure a lot of your viewers saw recently that they went into Baltimore schools and they were looking at the proficiency rates in math. And I think there was something like 23 schools where they had 0% of the children, none of the children are proficient in math. This is unacceptable. There is no other industry, business, and I'm a business person. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is a business person. There is there is no way that you would ever be able to, to run a business like this. And there's no way that leadership that would, would drive a business down to this level would ever be allowed to stay in power. And yet here we have a, an education system that allows um, the, the, the people that have been in charge of education for a very long time to continue to kind of steer the ship. Um, and and not only and not only do we continue to fund them, we continue to we give them more money when mm-hmm. they're failing as almost a reward for that failure. And so, you know, what a what a system, what a giant uh, that that our educational system has become. And and you're right, it absolutely is very easy uh, for parents to feel alone in, in fighting right now. And so, you know, Moms for Liberty has been such a blessing because it it mm-hmm. is bringing parents together around these issues and creating some community um, and and some, you know, acknowledgement of you too, huh? You're having the same, you know, and, and you know, we're going to need an army to defeat yeah. this, this behemoth that the public education system has become. Um, and, you know, we, we want to see kids learning to read in school. And, and so at this point now, we're really open to a lot of different ways that that can happen. Um, so, you know, many of our moms fight for educational freedom. Um, you know, many of our moms are working to try to, you know, improve school choice bills that are happening around the country because there has been some concern about safeguarding homeschooling and safeguarding parochial schools, making sure that our private schools get to continue to operate with the autonomy that they currently have, that we don't just expand the role of the federal government. Mm. So, you know, tricky stuff, right? That I had never been a part of. I don't know if you had been a part of in your life, but certainly a huge learning curve for so many of our members. And, you know, there, there's a lot of solace that comes with kind of taking on this type of an action and, and this type of learning curve and, and learning together. Um, and so that's that's hopefully what we've been providing. But yeah, you can check on the the map on the website and see if we have a chapter near you. If we don't have a chapter near you, click to start one. Please Hmm. click to start one. Please start a chapter in your area. Um, You know, we have moms that work this like it's almost a full-time job. And then we have moms that have full-time jobs that, you know, give it a couple hours a week, but are at least trying to get moving in that direction and and bring other people together. So um, I really do encourage people to to click to start a chapter. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I want to finish with one more question um, just to kind of, wrap things up. I was thinking about this and I'm curious as to your thoughts um, about why you believe that empowering parents um, uh, to fight for these things on their kids' behalf is so important to the structure of the American family. Like why as a parent, maybe this is the first time you're hearing about these things or it's the first time that it's kind of like raising some alarm bells in your head. Why is it so important that we start to hold people accountable um, for the things that are happening in our school systems and our culture, things like that? 
Well, I mean, if you as the parent don't have the right to direct the education and the upbringing of your child and the government thinks they know better than you, then we truly have fallen very far away mm-hmm. from uh, the founding principles of our country and the importance of family. Um, we've seen that there's a real effort uh, to destroy family. Uh, Black Lives Matter and their original tenants had that listed, the destruction of the nuclear family. There were a couple articles that just came out recently um, about family. Is family uh, something that should be uh, destroyed? Is it holding people back? And and what we say is that's just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're going to fight it at every single turn. I'll end this with a story because I think it's important for people to understand really where we are right now. Um, in Florida and Free Florida will be shocking to people, but we have two federal court cases um, of schools um, actively working to keep secrets from parents. Um, In Leon County and then in Clay County, this happened with two little girls, uh, one was 13, one was 11, I believe, uh, where the school actually went into a room with the child, with a counselor, with an assistant principal, and filled out six pages of forms. where uh, the child decided to go by a a different name when they were at school, uh, but that would not be shared with parents, different pronouns uh, to be used at school, what bathroom they would use, where they would sleep on overnight field trips, uh, if they'd like to sleep with uh, the opposite sex in a room. Um, And and parents had no idea. And then when parents, uh, unfortunately, in the Clay County case, the little girl tried uh, to commit suicide while she was at school. And and all of us can just take a step back and think about what kind of pressure it puts on a child to lead a double life mm-hmm. and to be encouraged to keep secrets from their parents. Um, so this idea of gender dysphoria has become a, a social contagion. Uh, we're seeing that this very, very, very small group of, of, of children who, who were affected by what was considered to be gender dysphoria has now grown uh, into this crazy, wild contagion, almost like a cult. Uh, it seems very much like a cult. Uh, the important thing you need to understand about this is that when the parents of the little girl in Clay came to the school, Um, they didn't know that their daughter had been put in this program. Their daughter was in the middle of being Baker acted. That's when the uh, police take custody of someone because they're either considered to be a harm to themselves or others. Um, And so their daughter is in the process of being Baker acted. They are now finding out that their daughter had been put into this gender transition program. They now know that their daughter just tried to kill herself. Um, I mean, absolutely awful. And, And when they're uncovering and trying to understand why were these parents not told um, about uh, this gender issue that was coming up, uh, it, it came to, to light that they were known to be Catholic. Wow. And that because of their religion, it, it was the, the school believed that they wouldn't um, affirm their child's gender uh, uh, transition. And so that they were keeping this secret from the parent to, because they saw the parent as a threat. So I just want you to take a step back and, and think about, right? This parent's religion and their faith was considered to be a threat to that child. Schools are mandatory reporters. If there's a teacher that believes that a child is being abused in the class, abused by the parents at home, neglected for some reason, not being fed, perhaps is showing up with bruises on their body, right? Is there, there, there's a very, there's a very clear line here about, you know, if, about and, and accusing parents of abuse of their child is, is a really big deal. Teachers take that very seriously, right? That's not something that you just kind of throw around an accusation of neglect or abuse, um, or nor should you. But in this situation, for a school, for the government 
to make a statement that they thought a child was in danger because of the religious beliefs of the parent at home. Mm. It's a really, really big deal. And so we find ourselves at this crossroads in, in America right now where um, we need to take a stand on this issue of parental rights, of fundamental parental rights. Um, and we all need to come together to do it. And, and I really believe this is an issue that's going to bring us together as Americans. Um, I think that, you know, although this has been considered to be a Republican or conservative issue in some ways, that's ridiculous. This is not a partisan issue, nor should it be made to be a partisan issue. And anyone that tries to do that, you need to absolutely reject it. Um, every parent has a line. I truly believe that every parent is going to have a line where they're going to claim ownership of their child and their child's life and upbringing and education and, and, and the responsibility for that child, as well as the rights to direct that child's life as a minor. And the government is very directly trying to, uh, interfere with that. Mm. And so that's where we are in America today. That's why Moms for Liberty, I think, is so incredibly important. And I think during COVID, we saw a nation of people who were told to listen to the experts. And I just want every parent to know that love is an expertise, that you are the best expert for your own child, and that if you need help in standing up for your parental rights or helping your child in some way and parenting in your life, and you want to support network, um, Moms for Liberty is, is a really wonderful organization, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. <laughs>